Good morning. We're reading from Luke 12, 22 to 34. Do not be anxious. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They never, neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow was thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no faith approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Thanks, Aletta. As I said uh, earlier, we're following the uh, Jesus Says theme. And so this morning we're looking at uh, Jesus Says Do Not Worry. And uh, we're going to wrestle with that a little bit together. Have all the uh, hearts gone? Anyone else want another heart? There's a spare one. Does anyone want one? No one wants one. Don at the back. Oh, right through his legs. There you go. Um. So we looked, last week Joel said, uh, Jesus says, I'll give you power. We looked at the Holy Spirit. We looked at uh, Jesus said where your, uh, that your treasure is in heaven. And now do not worry. Some of the big sayings of Jesus uh, we're looking at. I think next week we might be looking at uh, let the little children come to me or um, uh, things like that. But this morning I want to uh, get us to look at worry. Um, what do we worry about? So I want you to do this. Just talk to the person next to you and think, what do you think are the top five things that Australians worry about? What are the top? So you put yourself in that picture as well. Just talk to each other. See if you can come up with what you think what the top five things might be that uh, you and Australians worry about. Okay, does someone uh, want to yell a few out or yell some out that you, you might come up with? Money, yep, good one. Health, yep. 
Terrorism, yep. Safe, yep. Sorry? Housing, yep, yep. That's a bit on the... That's, sorry? Oh, your sports club. Whether you win, yeah, that's a good one. In our sports crazy employment. Oh, you guys are switched on. Look at the top five. The answers say... <laughs> Here we go. This is sort of a summary of a number of saying uh, a number of surveys that I could find uh, this week. Finance was always number one in Australia. Uh, health was second. Relationships were third. Uh, job fourth, and safety, which I reckon sort of in the current climate might be notching up there a little bit. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? We worry about what we have the most of. <laughs> We're the richest country in the world, live in the most livable city in the world, and yet uh, what we most worry about is finances. It's interesting, isn't it? What we make of that. Um, I just want to... I'll go to the next slide and just have a... This is, comes out of a psych, psychology healthcare blog that I was reading uh, and I just thought this was interesting. What is worry? Just to get us in our heads a little bit, what is actually... Because we use this word and it's one of those words that are actually used widely and has different, in different contexts has sort of different meanings. So worry uh, is a sense of insecurity, unease or fear over what negative events might happen or may happen, even if uh, as unrealistic as those concerns may be. It's one of the most unpleasant emotions that you can experience as a human being. It is also one of the most common. While everyone uh, has worried at some point, many people suffer from chronic worrying in the form of anxiety. In Australia alone, two million people suffer from anxiety in any one year. It gives you a bit of a picture, a fear of, of what might be. Uh, if we go to the next slide, I'll just sort of unpack that a little bit as we think about worry. So it, when we talk about worry, this, and it sort of came out in that definition a little bit there, there, um, there are a couple of things happening. There is worry which is uh, healthy concern. So that's, that's sort of the stuff where we worry about our kids. We just want them to do well. Uh, we worry about, um, you know, just things we want them to go well. So they're actually, they're probably more like what I'm calling healthy concerns. We actually want to be concerned about our kids. Um, and we want to be concerned about making sure that we've got a job and that we're contributing. And we want to be sh uh, concerned that our finances in such a way that... So there is actually healthy concern. And often we use worry to, to describe that. that so that's, that's okay. That's just... Um, and then there's unhealthy anxiety. That's sort of where worry starts to slip into, I am so worried about my kids now that it consumes me. And actually, I can't sleep at night. I can't uh, do anything out without knowing. And it probably goes into um, the Greek meaning of the word anxiety. Um, it, the root of that word is to be torn apart. And so that's where worry starts to tear you apart. Uh, you're so worried about your exams that you sort of get stressed out and you start, you can't eat or you can't, and it actually starts to affect um, you physically, uh, emotionally and spiritually as well. 
Um, and that is probably heading into, and um, yep, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it here. We'll tackle it a little bit in a minute. That's probably where it heads into sin. If you're a Christian, if you go into unhealthy anxiety, uh, it heads into the word sin. So just hang that. We're going to explain and unpack that a bit later because that sort of puts you on, ooh, that's a little bit interesting. Um, and then there is, uh, third, there is mental health anxiety, a psychological or physiological condition uh, where, um, ang- where it's uh, beyond your control. It's not about, um, it's unreasoned anxiety. Um, anxiety and concern that actually is a health condition um, so uh, and we're seeing more and more of that uh, happen in our um, country and that's a little bit different to some of the others so we're hopefully going to deal with all three of those a little bit as we talk about what Jesus uh, means for us not to worry his primary focus is on the unhealthy anxiety which is really, when we're starting to get into this, when we start to unpack this a bit, it's a little bit about what do you trust? Where do you actually find your trust or your security uh, in it? But it's good to know that there are sort of these different um, sort of uses of the word uh, worry. Uh, on the flip side, I did a bit of uh, office surveying today, when, uh, sorry, this week uh, when I was, I was asking about this, um, and Joel was just bringing some interesting uh, side of things from a uh, young adult's perspective, and he says, he says it's interesting because uh, in the young adult realms, everything is just chill. We don't worry about anything. We don't stress about anything. Everything is just, we chill out to the point where actually maybe you should have a bit more healthy concern <laughs> about things. But it was interesting. But then as we dug into that, we, pro- we probably felt it's a bit of a persona or a perception that you try and put on, that everything's chill, don't worry about it. But actually, deep down, you do worry. And I think particularly for young adults, you worry about, uh, we were talking about in the office, you worry about what people think of you. Uh, you, worry, you do worry about what your future will be or what the world will be as well. Um, I think the older you get, um, the more that you realise um, and you live and you see experience um, and that you can actually live through things that are quite traumatic, right, tough, and they actually um, become part of forming who you are. And so you actually look at the big um, painful things of life in a different way once you've got a bit more experience under your life uh, or under your belt as well. Um, But even there, in that place, I do think that what often happens with worry and anxiety, um, no matter what age or where you're at, is that we do tend to bury it, and we do tend to hide it, and we don't tend to admit it to one another uh, or to God, because it it somehow um, has this perception of weakness, that we're not coping, that we don't have what it takes uh, in this world. And I think one of the um, sort of the things that God wants us to do with these sorts of things, and particularly when they sort of um, are starting to tear us apart, is actually to share that burden with others. Uh, to think about, think about that for you as you sit here. Who is, who is the, the person you last shared some of your deep, deeper worries or your deeper anxieties with? Who is someone that travels the road with you? Um, and some, you might need to do that professionally and that's really good and helpful. Who are the people maybe in your life group or your grow group? Um, how do you do that in your marriage? Uh, how do you do that between ch- children and parents? Have you got places where you actually start to talk a little bit about what is making you anxious? What is worrying you? 
because uh, often I think that it gets buried down and that's where Satan loves to intermingle with it. And he'll tear you apart even more. And we need to bring the light of truth into that. And the way that the light of truth often is, is brought to it is, is that we actually talk about it with each other. Um, and the world taps into this sort of stuff. The world, if you're not Christian, they tap into um, anxiety and, and worry and fear. Um, they say, find a community where you can talk about this. Find a space where you can talk about this and deal with it. And I think that's the way God's designed us, to live together, to share this uh, load together. Um, Tim Keller, of course, I couldn't get through a sermon without a quote from him. No, it's not a quote. Um, I put a, um, a, a sermon from him on the discussion page. So there is a, a One Hope discussion page. If you want to be part of that, uh, just go to our Facebook thing and you can um, become part of that as well. Um, I put a sermon on there. He talks about peace and joy. And uh, it was really helpful. It's one of the most helpful sermons that I've had. Uh, or that I've heard from him and that has been really helpful um, for me in regard to this area of my life, which is something that I struggle with. It's, it's for me, anxiousness, anxiety and concern about um, uh, what people think of me is something that um, is in my heart. And so that sermon has been really helpful. Have a look at that. Um, he brings up the point in that sermon that he says, it's interesting the way the world tends to deal with, um, with worry. Um, and he sort of alludes to it in the, pa- in the passage here, a little bit sort of talking about the pagans or the other nations. So you can, the way that the people outside of Christianity, they tend to, if you go to the self-help books around worry and anxiety, they tend to jump to techniques straight away. And so they'll, they'll talk about mindfulness is a big thing at the moment. Um, they'll talk about go and find a place on a beach. Uh, they'll talk about get, uh, go on a beach at a quiet place, empty your mind of all your worry, just think about peaceful thoughts, um, get rid of all that sort of uh, bad thinking, uh, empty your mind of all that bad stuff, and then you'll start to enter um, into a more helpful space. Keller goes, and he picks up on Paul, which who I think picks up on Jesus, says, and I, I want you to do the opposite of that. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about the big picture of life. I want you to start in your anxiety, in your worry, I want you to start to think about the big questions. Think more about who you are, where did you come from, what is your purpose in life. And that as Christians, actually, if we understand that there is a God who is in control of all things and that I am his... And you start to look at that big picture. of There's a big picture of God who is over control of the world, even though the, um, that the world and the Bible tells us in that big picture that the world is broken and it's a mess. It starts to give you some of that big picture perspective. And we actually need to think more about that. And that's where Paul goes in that famous passage in uh, Philippians chapter 4 where it says, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition... Um, Uh, bring your request to God with thanksgiving. But that bit after that, then he says, uh, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is good, think about such things. Paul was the original thinker of the power of positive thinking. And the power of positive thinking at the end of that is in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, if you realize who you are in Jesus Christ, then you start to see the big picture. And even though your enemies come against you, and even though there's terrorism in the world, even though you may fail your exams, even though your marriage is not right, there is a bigger picture where God holds you in his hands and offers you a life to the full that you can have in the midst of that, as well as 
uh, an eternal life. And so uh, that's I think, for me, is really helpful. Uh, let's look at what Jesus says about it. Oh, I did put Mr. Worry up there. I found him this week. Um, there's two passages. Uh, I read the, well, we read the Luke 12 one, but there's also uh, referred to in Matthew chapter 6. Um, and in that place, Jesus says, Do not worry about your life. And then he says after that, because life is more important than food or clothes. And there's probably two things happening there. There's probably what he's saying, um, there's little life and there's big life. So the little life stuff, he says, don't worry about what you'll eat and drink and what you'll wear and stuff like that. Because the big life actually is more important than that. And the big life there is, it's alluding to eternal life life forever with Jesus, but it's also alluding to life now with God. And Jesus says, uh, I, give you, I came to give you life, life to the full. And that we can actually enjoy um, the big life. And the big life means, what's my purpose here? Why do I live here? What's the big picture of understanding? That actually there is a God and I'm his child and he's called me to live in this world even though it's broken and messed up to bring hope and to bring joy and to bring comfort and I actually can uh, embrace those things with hope, with love, with uh, a positivity. Um, I think as some of this statement here is, um, you know, you hear this, the statement, don't sweat the small stuff and that's sort of a little bit that. Those small, when the small stuff becomes the big stuff, that's when we start to get caught up in uh, the worry and anxiousness uh, stuff that starts to tear us apart. Remember, though, the, those different, word, different definitions, it's still okay to have healthy concern about those things, but when it starts to become something that tears us apart, and that means it feels like we're out of control and that we don't have um, a way to get through this, that's when it starts to enter into sin. And it's sin, if you're a Christian, this is only if you're a Christian, it's sin because you're not trusting God. You're trusting either your bank balance or your own intellect or your own, um, your own organisation around safety or whatever it is, but you don't trust that God's got a bigger picture and that he's got you in his hands. And this is the important part. Whether you live or die... Whether you live or die, this big life picture, so even if you are the victim of a terrorist attack, you have a big life picture that you will now be with him in eternity forever. And so that's where, Jesus, uh, that's where Paul takes this. That's where Paul takes it. He says, so I have learnt to be content in all situations, whether I'm sick or I'm not, whether I have riches or I'm poor. In those places, because I have this big picture and I know the picture of the world and who I am in it, I can actually live in it in a way that I'll trust God that he knows what he's doing. Even though there is a war raging around me and things don't always make sense, I can have comfort in that big picture of who God is and who I am because of him. Jesus knows that most people stress about money. Um, it's been around before Australians got onto it, um, right back in these passages. Uh, and all around this passage, uh, in both passages, in Luke and Matthew, are passages about people worrying about money. 
It's the rich young ruler. It's the people. It's the guy building up storehouses. Uh, or at the end of this passage that a letter re- wrote, it's about where your treasure is, your heart is also. And I think that's that. God knew that finance was at the top of the ladder, and that's why He reminds you again. Who is the provider of all things? It's your loving Father. He's the one who provides. So put your trust in Him as you um, live out your life here on this earth. And then starts to, and what does He do as we go through this passage? He starts to get you to say, What I want you to do is think about the big picture, not the little picture. And so, what's the big picture? The big picture is heaven. So He says, I want you to put your treasure in heaven. I want to put your. I hope in heaven, not, you know, your physical well-being here on earth is, you have to get by here on this earth and you have to live on this earth, but that's not the big picture. That's actually, don't worry about that. Worry about the heavenly picture. Worry about what God's doing spiritually in your life. Worry about um, whether your kids are following him. or Worry about your retirement and how you're seeking the kingdom and serving God. And because he's, where it gets at the end, he says, where your treasure is there, your heart is also. Have your heart be after the things of the kingdom, not the things of this world. And uh, yeah, he does that classic sayings in this passage, you know, the birds of the air, the um, lilies of the field, that sort of stuff. Um, and there's that line which I put to the kids, which I want us to remind that, he, that undergirding all this stuff, undergirding all this stuff about not worrying and God having the big picture and having you in his hands is what? It's this line that is repeated here. Jesus says often, he says, how much more valuable are you? So you look at the birds, look at the lilies, and then there's this line, how much more though are you, my people, more valuable than those? How much more, and then the language then is the Father, how much more is the Father going to love you? How much more is the Father going to love you? He's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to watch over everything that happens through you. He's going to be the one who walks you through hardship, suffering, pain. He's going to be the one who uh, provides for you financially. He's going to be the one uh, who watches uh, over your family. And he does that as we seek to work out... um, the everydayness of that. But we have that big picture as we try and work out that everydayness. Because where does he go again with the passage at the end? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single day to your life? Basically, he's saying your life is not in your control. Your life is in a bigger control of God the Father. And just be reminded of that. And I think that comes back to again, whether you live or die, it's to gain because it's that big picture. And that in that, we have a generous father who is beyond compare in lavishing his love uh, onto his kids. And this is where this language in this passage as well is uh, the father is also then seen as the king. So at the end, it's the kingdom. And so what does he say at the end? This father that loves you and lavishes you, he is the king of all things. And what do kings do? They provide for their people. And then what does it take you down even further? The king then especially provides for the heirs of his throne. And so through Christ, we are his heirs. We are the inheritors of everything that he has. And it begins here on earth, but it goes into eternity. 
when we will be back in the new heaven and the new earth with everything that we could possibly want, with God, with each other, in perfect peace, perfect love, and there will be no worrying, no anxiety, no stress in that place. And then as he hits the end of the passage, (laughs) as Jesus so lovingly does, he smacks us between the eyes. Because he says, you know, that's, that's the hope. And he says, but you don't believe it. You hear what he says? Because he says to them, but you have little faith. <laughs> you, you don't believe it. You talk it, you sing it, you, but you actually don't believe it. <laughs> he says it's an issue of the heart. And Jesus says again, I want you to turn your heart towards your Father. I want you to trust in him. What I want you to do is to repent of your worry, repent of your anxiety. Say, sorry, Lord, for trusting in the things of this world. Sorry for trusting in myself. I want to come back to the big picture again. I want to put my heart towards you. And I want to get into that place, and this is what I think he, he does, in that place where there is a loving, intimate relationship between a father and his child. And he says, I want you to be, think of the perfect father the per- and the perfect child relating together. And in that space, he says, in that space, turn your heart to me. In that place, I will continue to remind you of who you are and who I am. In that space, I will remind you that there's a bigger picture at play. In that place, I will give you joy and comfort, hope, love, endurance, whatever it is that you need. And then uh, if we think of the big picture, and then he says, uh, so the passage just after this is the ask, seek, knock. So come to your father and ask him whatever you want. So ask him for peace. Ask him for joy. And, and as we go through the, the New Testament, we know where that comes from. It comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So what do we do? We say, God, give it to me. Father, Dad, I need some peace today. Dad, I need some joy today. Dad, I need some endurance today. Just to get... Will you help me tackle this situation with confidence? Because I know the big picture. Even though there's going to be some pain in the little picture, help me to keep the big picture so I can tackle the little picture. Uh, Last slide. What's the answer? I think, yeah. So what's the answer? How do we do this? I've already alluded to it a bit. Uh, what's the answer in our worry, our stress, is um, think big. I've already sort of, or I, I, I've got faith big. Because <laughs> that's really, we've got to have a big faith. We've actually got to trust that what we read in the Bible, we've got to tr- if I believe what I read in the Bible, then I've actually got to live that out. I've got to align my thinking to the big picture. If, if I don't believe it, that's fine. Go and find whatever, a happy beach. That's fine, you can do that. But if you do believe that, then you've got to get my thinking to actually, I've got to believe that there is a God who's in control of this. It might not feel like it, it might not look like it, but there is a God who's in control of it. And there's a, there's a God who's promised that actually he's working his good through it. There is, there's a God who's promised that he is going to bring justice to those who have committed terrorism. There is a God who says there is going to be a day where justice is going to come on those who have rejected me and brought evil on the earth. I will bring them justice. And it's not going to be a pleasant place. And so we have this big picture. 
That God, God hurts when he sees that stuff. And the only reason he's told us in his word why he doesn't stop it now is that he wants more people to be saved. He wants more people to come into his family. He wants more people to trust him and live with him forever. And once then, he'll bring it in. And so we align ourselves to that big picture, picture, which is seeking his kingdom. If we're a child of the king, we want to live like the king, be like the king, live out his kingdom values. And start to practice that, live that. Trust your heavenly father. That's our test, isn't it? Trust your heavenly father. Keep trusting him. Keep praying for him. Keep asking him. Keep walking with him. Keep talking with him. Keep wrestling with him. And I think probably the way we often learn to trust our father too is actually when we talk together as his kids. And we actually share experiences as his kids and learn that, uh, how this father works in each of our lives in different situations. So learn to trust the father together. Uh, seek the kingdom. So set your heart towards God. If, the, if, the, if he is who he says he is and I am because of who he, is, he said I am, then seek him. Create space. to be. That's what Jesus did. He created space. What did he do? He went up onto the hill. When was the last time you went up to be on a hill? Not to empty your mind, but to talk with your dad. When was the last time that you created out space in your day or your week just to talk to your dad? To let him know your worries or concerns? Or just to let him know how much you love him? Or to hear his love to you. When was the last time that you know, you've opened his word and heard the truth again of who he is, who you are? Heard his love to you in that space. So set your heart towards God. And as we do that, I think this is as we do that, as we sort of in that intimate relationship with this God, then we actually begin to experience freedom from the things of this world. We actually begin to live out hope. We actually have, we can have joy, and I talk about this a lot. You can actually have a smile on your face as you go through horrific situations. You can actually go through things in life with a spring in your step because of this reality, because my heart is on Jesus. And we do it uh, giving thanks. Um, won't go there. Just wrapping up those three things. Healthy concerns, keep trusting God the Father in our healthy concerns. So as we look after our money, our kids, uh, his kingdom work, keep trusting him in that, keep asking him about that. So in our healthy concerns, keep going to the Father, help me with this. Uh, in our unhealthy anxiety, repent and trust the Father. That's what he says, repent and trust the Father. So turn away from those things. In our, those of us that suffer clinical anxiety or Believe that you actually have a God who can bring healing to you in that situation. Seek medical help that God has brought people to help you with that. And trust the Father. Trust the Father that he'll either change the situation or he'll get you through it. And so Jesus says, do not worry. Because your heavenly Father has given you his kingdom. Amen. Let's pray. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the one who is in control of the whole universe. 
You are the one who knows all that's going on on this earth. You are the one who brings um, each day. You're the one that causes the sun to rise. You're the one who causes uh, the moon to come up. And Lord, you are the one who gives us breath in our lungs. You're the one who has orchestrated that we can live in the most livable city in the world. You are the one who has enabled us to be here today, to be reminded of your truth and to meet with one another. You are the one who um, has promised that you will be near no matter what's going on in the world. And so in the uh, extreme terror that we see, in the the reality of the brokenness of this world, you said that you're near in it, you're present in it, you're close in it. Lord, help that reality to shape the way we approach the world. Help that reality to approach those, to, um, to affect the way that we approach um, those that may disagree with us and uh, not have the same thoughts of opinions, but help us to love our enemies. Help us to um, stand strong in the truth. Help us to tackle uh, our exams, our jobs, our families uh, with the reality that you are the God who is in control of all things and that you are near and that you have our ear or we have your ear. Lord, as we sing now, Uh, We want to respond by giving you praise. We want to respond in joy. We want to respond by singing uh, of uh, where our hearts are, that they are with you. And so, Lord, now um, we ask Holy Spirit to help us to respond, help us to worship, help us to sing uh, as we sing this song. In the name of Jesus, amen.